Hello there, podcast world, podcasters, Old Green Plane fans. We're back. That's right. We're live and in your ears. Bringing back the Old Green Plane podcast, maybe not as frequently, although we hope not to have as long of gaps in between episodes we've had here for the last year. <laughs> but it takes a lot to put a podcast out. I'm sure everybody nowadays has one, so you know what it feels like out there. But we're excited because this one's a great one. It's a great way to kick off a new season of podcasts, a new season of video episodes, because that's what Old Green Plane actually is about, is our video show. But this episode of the Old Green Plane podcast has one of our favorites, our favorite guests. Actually, this guest now has the title of being the all-time most frequent guest of Old Green Plane in any capacity, so hopefully he likes that title. But that's right, our guest is Chancellor Paul Terman. Chancellor Terman joins us on this episode of Green Podcasts, and man, does he deliver. But you know who else helps us deliver these great podcasts to your ears? Well, that's the Nebraska State College System, serving over 9,000 students all across the great state of Nebraska in three locations, Chadron State, Wayne State, and Peru State. They collectively offer more than 200 degrees, certificates, and pre-professional programs that are accessible online on campus, that's right, and in several locations across the state with more than 200 credentialed faculty, 50,000 successful graduates. The Nebraska State College System truly offers something for everyone. If you or anybody you know or loved one wants to take a chance to see one of these great institutions or campuses, try before you buy, as they say. I suggest you do that. There's some beautiful campuses, some great programs, some great people. Just go to www.nscs.edu. That's again, www.nscs.edu. They are doing some amazing things. And in fact, our guest, Chancellor Terman, is Chancellor of the Nebraska State College System. And no, this is not a paid podcast. This is not a pay-for-play deal. We love having Chancellor Terman on. He is a friend of Old Green Plain. He has been up in Butch, 6-2 Tango now a few times, so he himself has got a few hours. Uh, but this episode is fun because we got a chance to dig into a few things. we got a chance to dig into now his exposure to aviation world and aviation life. In fact, we were sitting on the tarmac in Crete, Nebraska during a fly-in at the Crete Airport. Some amazing people, some amazing pancakes. We also were joined by Sean, the director and founder of Skydive Atlas. That's right. We had skydivers skydiving down over the top of us. And we had the tarmac filled with Corvette fans and enthusiasts as they had a Corvette drive-in. So it was a busy, busy podcast, as you'll hear. This episode is quite unique. It was live. It was going on all around us. And we are excited to be back live. So without further ado, we're going to get into this podcast with our guest, the champion, Chancellor Paul Terman. Enjoy.
Yeah. Start it off. Good morning, Chancellor Paul Terman. Good morning, Craig. Uh, tell us where we are right now, because I have no clue. We're in Creed, Nebraska, uh, just outside of the hangar. They've got a nice fly-in and uh, looks to be about uh, 15 different Corvettes sitting right outside of the hangar as well. So it's a pretty scenic opportunity here in rural Nebraska. Well, you're missing one part because right behind you exists a company that's also doing what, which you've been watching they're, that. They're doing uh, skydiving. Uh, so they drop drop people out and they fly back down here and pick up more people. So it must be a constant cycle of uh dropping out of planes all day long here in Crete. That's usually not a word you want to hear around an airport, but in this case. Well, it's funny because you can tell the ones that are getting ready to go because <clears throat> look, that that dude right over there hasn't sat still. Like, he's been pacing and it, it, him and his girlfriend look like they're getting ready to go and right now they're getting the whole, so we're, gonna, okay, so we're, we jump, we climb to 10-5 and jump out. Okay, fair enough. And sir, why do I not have a parachute on my back? Yeah, I see Paul look the same way before we get into your plane. <laughs> Especially when we land and then you say, yeah, I think this tire is, is low. Yeah. I, I know at pre-check it was just fine. <laughs> right. I don't remember looking at the tires, unfortunately. Luckily, I guess you don't need tires in a plane. Would you Have you skydived before? I have not. I don't yeah. know that I could ever do it. Yeah, that, that's your line. <laughs> that Probably my line, yep. I feel really? safe flying around with, with Colin, but I don't know that I would ever skydive. Bro, I'm telling you, because I just talked to Sean, the owner of uh, Skydive Atlas down here at Crete, and he said if we wanted to go, he'd he'd, he'd take us up today. He said he'd he said he'd just strap us three together. <laughs> the associate chancellor probably would not appreciate that. I was gonna say you probably have it like in your contract that you can't do any of that. <laughs> they need you. You're too important. Out of all the three of us, he's the only one calling that actually like, you know, is important. Would be missed if he <laughs> yeah. D- died. <laughs> yeah, we'd be celebrated. Finally. So in this part of the podcast, we like to talk about dying. <laughs> it's a regular theme. I mean, Paul, you've now flown with Colin. You fly with Colin fairly regularly. I mean, you do get up with him Number outside. Times. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, from the first, this is our third podcast together officially. Yep. Um, Got to get your actual episode going. Um but I mean, from the first time to now, I mean, what are your thoughts? How was your evolution of flying? Like, I don't even remember asking you, or maybe you did, but were you nervous the first time? You still are? Have you noticed changes? A little bit, and uh, I think each time is just a little bit different, too. I mean, we took off this morning, the wind was coming a little quick, and all of a sudden, you know, we're flying almost sideways down the runway. Um, I think going to the, the Stoll event um, was, you know, something, I mean, I know Colin had been talking about, um, that type of uh, aeronautics and um, showed me a couple of videos of it but until you actually get to see some of those professionals do that take off so quick and then land so fast the the drag race and you know unfortunately that Saturday we um, the wind was so bad and weren't able to uh, do the competition but um, you know you just see the kind of ongoing evolution of what people do with planes and, and how fanatic people are um, about being able to get up and, and fly and, and participate in a variety of things. Yeah, do you guys have an aeronautics course? And Does Wayne State have some sort of an, an air? I couldn't remember if they did or not. Wayne State does not. Um, you know, and it kind of f- draws the line between kind of where the community colleges fit and, and yeah, what yeah. they should do, um, where what we should be offering. Um, and I think at least three of the community colleges in the state of Nebraska have um, like aeronautics maintenance programs 
Um, they do out at in Scotts Bluff. I think they do it in, in Norfolk as yeah, well. Northeast. So you know, it's it'd be wanting to try to partner with um, right. one of those and, and have essentially like a two plus two pl- program. Um, where the simulator that they have at Wayne would certainly be a real great opportunity for us to partner with the local community and then Northeast as well. Well, now that you've been with us three or four times, actually you've been in both the planes quite a few times. I mean, technically you could probably teach that course at first to get it off the ground. I mean, you've seen it. Hey, listen, I, I haven't really gotten my license, but I stayed at Holiday Inn Express last night. Right, right. I don't know that I'll go that far. You guys keep asking me if I'm, when I'm going to get my license. I, that was uh, going to be my question. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably in my contract, too, that they would, they would prefer that I don't do that. Yeah, that's in mine, Paul Green Plane, too. I have no, no interest. I didn't know we had contracts with Old Green Plane, but now that I do, I'm going to re- review mine. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, I mean... That back go back to that question though is the evolution. I mean, what have you noticed? You, do you like you said? You know, you take off. So if that happens today, where we get up just above takeoff and we have to bank hard because we're making basically about turn 180 degree turn to head to our destination, Crete. Yeah. So that was intense for me too, and I've flown a lot. But like, would would Paul from the first time to Paul, you know, Chancellor German now? Is there? Do you notice a difference in how you take that? Or yeah, I think so, and especially being in in Collins uh, Carbon Cub too, oh, yeah. just a completely different type of, of plane. Yeah. Um, you know, we pulled out on the highway outside of his house that time. We flew down to York about a year ago, um, and how quickly you get up into the air, yeah. and how quickly you can stop those. Uh, we flew over the Platte River um, for a good chunk of that day, and then all of a sudden, Colin just landed on a sandbar out there. So, you know, it's it's a extremely um, uh, exciting just kind of feeling being up in the air and, yeah. and and seeing what it is that a good pilot can do too. Right. Yeah. We talked about it. it you know, the the Mayday Stole event that Colin pretty much <clears throat> created in in the. The idea for and then well i mean not that stole drag has been around you know short takeoff and landing has been around but i mean having it bringing it to wayne nebraska which is the home of one of your universities you know wayne state so i mean talk for a second because you were there i mean you were there for a majority of it a lot well at least the last day yeah what was your take on the impact of the city are you well before 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 we uh get too deep no we keep it going but uh we're about to we're in airport so we have airplanes skydivers corvettes and helicopters and helicopters and our i mean if you're listening to this you have to have some interest in airplanes (laughs) so the noise should feel good to you like asmr or whatever what if if the background noise is actually better than us yeah well usually it's me crying because i'm (laughs) getting ready to go do something i don't want to like this poor gal here's about ready to fly i'm sorry Good luck. Um, but, I mean, you saw the impact of the city, but yep. you knew the city. So, I mean, you mentioned it before, seeing the pilots, watching that. I want to talk about that, too. But what did you see as the impact on the city, knowing the city, knowing the university and the people yeah. in it? You know, and I think, I don't know, I even told Colin this story, but um, would have been, I think, late Friday afternoon when the kind of one of the major sessions, the yep. competition was going. Um, you had local uh, community members who were come out, don't really know what it's about. Um, I stood next to a lady 
who was is like, I've just never seen anything like this before. She's like, I've been to monster truck rallies, I've been to rodeos, but I, I never thought in Wayne, Nebraska, we'd be mm. doing something like this. So, you know, it just really gives them a, a very different perspective. Um, and it also shows that you can do, I mean, economic development takes so many different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, you can bring a lot of people into a small community. If you continue to support an airport like they do, right. um, then a lot of really good things can happen. It's just going to be something different than what you normally would do. Right. Um, so it's getting the uh, like Chamber of Commerce and economic development people really to think differently about, you know, what are the types of things that people with disposable income are investing in and what do they want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, they want to spend time being able yeah. to, to fly and, and, and come to a place that really embraces them. And I think that's certainly what they were able to get when they came to Wayne, Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned disposable income. Um, most of us are just pilot bums. It's kind of like ski bums. We just hang around the airport and see if we can trim weeds and mow grass for some gas money. Um, that disposable income sounds amazing. I would like to get some of that someday well, think, and dispose of it. Yeah, you and I come from South Dakota, and so we certainly know the evolution of what's happened in like Sturgis. Right. Um, and that's I think, great, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a, a very good example of you, you take the even into the 80s and early 90s. Um, I mean, it was people who locals, you know, locals that, yeah. and you know, people fanatics would would, yeah. mm-hmm. would drive quite a ways to, yeah, to participate right. in that. Um, but for the most part, you know, it was people that, uh, on the weekends enjoyed biking and, you know, maybe work construction. Um, I think you've seen the absolute evolution of that event, you know, to get 75,000 people there, um, on years when they're at kind of their uh, centennial types of things. But I mean, it, it's people with $200,000 RVs and (laughs) trailers and, you know, people who build homes just for that week. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think you can certainly see that um, it will continue to evolve in those types of ways. And you, but you've got to start somewhere. You got to start with an event um, that gets people excited and, and wants them to to make Wayne a destination every year. Yeah. And I and I and I think that's happening. I've already heard from a lot of people from around the country. But on another note, does anybody else think these chairs are the most uncomfortable things you've ever sat in? It like forces your butt like way back in there. And slides me down. Jeez Louise, I feel like my crack is hanging out. Yeah, the part of it's poking me. I don't know what that is. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I just can't get over watching these poor about-to-go skydivers and just the look of abject horror and having to still fake happiness. <laughs> we, should, we, should, we should get them on real quick. Yeah, like, hey, well, how do you feel? No, let's don't, because then they'll listen to us and they'll know I... Huh? No, because then they'll know I talk but, some trash. The, no, we haven't been talking trash about them. We just look like... The thing is, Craig, is we're not talking trash. We're just saying what it is. I mean, they literally have the look in their eye like, yeah, I'm fine. Right. But I'm not fine. Well, I mean. Is that who that is? It looks fairly close. I think Chancellor Term is pulling I think it's a, Tyler Berger. It he is. was a, a NCAA runner-up for Nebraska good, two years good ago. Good eyeball, by the way. I'm calling him over here. <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll, they're we'll getting... call him over after he gets done skydiving. Yeah, I wanted that. Yeah, that would be rad. If we're still talking, 100%. Um, real quick, though, like going back to the Wayne, because, I mean, the Nebraska State College System was a sponsor, obviously, mm-hmm. of Old Green Plain, but also of the event. So, I mean, we were that was amazing to have the support. And then I was seeing a lot of your students, like the actual mm-hmm. Wayne State yep. students were out there. So there was a, like, that. that's what it takes to make one of those events. And I mean, we're, we had a meeting just the other day about how much more, you know, we're going to need of support of the locals. So 
Yeah, I, I, it's a great analogy between Sturgis and like the 60s and 70s to hopefully the way Wayne will be, you know, in 20 years if this thing still goes, you know. But um, what, so what do you think of the actual races then? What do you, you, you touched on it lightly, slightly before watching them being amazed at their skills, but what, what was your take on the actual event? You know, other than I've seen just a couple of YouTube videos of, of kind of what they do, um, the actual maneuvering, I mean, the taking off, you're flying almost at a st- straight angle to yeah. be able to slow yourself down, you're, you're cupped up. Um, and I, we were just kind of having conversations with folks there about the safety. And, you know, these people are extremely good pilots. Yeah. Um, you don't do that if you don't feel very comfortable with right. what you're doing. Right. Um, and I, you know, in some ways I was trying to describe it to a, a friend of mine uh, back home and sent him a clip of, uh, I remember the name of the individual who won the event that was there. What was his name, Colin? Steve Henry. Yeah, Steve Henry. I showed some of his races, um, and he was like, it looks really dangerous. And I'm like, well, in some ways, you know, out riding a motorcycle is probably more more dangerous than than this is. You're not that high off the ground. Um, and they feel relative. He goes, well, I'll, I'll take your word for it. It certainly (laughs) does not look like it, but it was one of, it wasn't one of the races in Wayne, but it was, uh, down in, uh, the uh, Arizona. Where is the, Oh yeah. The salt, the the salt flats. flats. Oh, that's out in Reno. Oh, in Reno. Yeah. Yeah, It was, uh, uh, yeah, that one, um, where they showed uh, him, he actually lost a race against somebody, but you know, you could take two people that are that good that are racing, um, against each other, uh, being able to turn around as quickly as they can. Mm -hmm. And then the ability to accelerate. So yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, and that was what I was saying and talking to the people, um, who were standing next to me as we were watching that it just completely yeah. new yeah um, but also you get very excited about it very quickly oh there goes someone getting down now yep. that's pretty cool yeah there so because this is a podcast so it doesn't have visuals we're currently watching someone fly in it's amazing how they hang I just it's so funny because it always reminds me of that like old school video game where their legs are just like this. yeah yeah I I'm always just so amazed at what seems impossible to others. For some, the people who do it, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. They're so nonchalant about it, but that's just skill and expertise in general. So I have a great. I'm always very. I'm. I'm very curious about expertise. I mean, so this one, holy crap! There's two of them. Yeah. What? I wonder what the waiver looks like for this. Oh. <laughs> I it wouldn't matter. I. You'd have to get me to sign the damn thing in blood before I'd do it. You know what? Oh man, they hit hard, right? (laughs) But I mean, you know, those guys are going up. What? What do we hear? Like ten times a day or something like that? Yeah. No, like forty something. Here, let's get. Well, I'll get Sean. Well, but you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot about it that goes into this that is expertise on a level that, (laughs) for most, they're like, no, a, I'll never do that, and b, I have no interest in knowing how you do it. (laughs) You know. And uh, I get really excited when I see these people up close, and you realize, oh man, they don't. It's just. An afternoon job or a day job or something, yeah, right? You know? It's just, it's crazy to me. But same way that I look at you as a chancellor, Chancellor Terman, I don't know what the heck it takes for you to do all that. <laughs> it seems crazy on the outside to me because all the random variables you have to deal with. Having three distinct universities that all probably have three distinct characters in and of themselves. You talk, we talked about Wayne State. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, you know, we now we have a helicopter taking off, so that's cool. But you mentioned... Uh, Ty over there, the wrestler, uh, dude, Shadron, talk to us about Shadron. You guys oh, just yeah. uh, sanctioned female wrestling. Yeah, women's wrestling just added. Uh, our board approved that here. 
um, at the meeting on Thursday. So, I mean, Chattern's got a really good men's program. We've got a great coach, Brett Hunter, out there. Um, I tend to stop into his, his office and uh, try to point out some recruits from South Dakota that he needs to be working with. And um, it's always intimidating. You walk into people and they've got, you know, their PhDs and uh, diplomas all hanging on the wall. He's got his two uh, national title uh, brackets sitting there. <laughs> so it's somewhat humbling to, to walk in and, and be able to visit with someone that was that good and is that, that good of a coach. But he's brought in a really good recruiting class. And I think we're going to be able to do the same thing. Um, with women's wrestling as well. So they're working to get a coach right now, and then they are looking to have at least maybe six or seven uh, female athletes starting in the fall and grow a team to about 30, 36 um, sometime over the course of the next couple of weeks. Does it? Yeah. Holy crap. What are they doing? Must be taking, taking pictures. pictures of the Corvettes, I think. Oh, really? Dude, so that's, that's pretty legit. Like, you're actively seeking a coach now. How many... How many colleges, universities have female wrestling or women's wrestling? Right now, there's uh, 44 in the country. We're the 45th to add women's wrestling. Um, a year ago, it was identified by the NCAA as a, as a growing uh, sport, uh, recognizing that it's a, something that within just a few years, they'll. Uh, you need about 80 different institutions to participate in it before they'll do a championship series. So, But that will not take long. So a year ago, we had less than uh, 15 states that sanctioned it as a high school activity association uh, related sport. That grew to 22 last year. And then Nebraska, unfortunately, voted not to sanction it a year ago, but just about 10 days ago, they sanctioned it as well. So oh, good. you've oh, got, wow. yeah, so we have 25 states in the country that have women's wrestling um, as a, a sport. And, and that, by definition, just doubles your numbers almost every year. So is, does Shattering, would they be taking on, like, Division One names? I mean, because it, they're NCAA Division Two. They're Division right? Two, yeah. So are, is that a pool, once the championship level hits, are they going to stratify it by divisions again or size of schools, or is it all one? Like I, I would imagine they would keep them separated by schools. Okay. Um, and I, I think it's just going to be something that grows uh, fast enough. Yeah. But... You know, by getting, uh, you know, it's the first school in Nebraska, um, or at least first public school in Nebraska that's offered women's wrestling. So we have a real, lot of really good uh, females that compete in the sport right now. Um, they have kind of a, uh, the Nebraska Coaches Association sponsors a, an event each year, a state oh, yeah. tournament for uh, the, the female wrestlers. And I think they had about 200, 250 um, uh, that competed in it a year ago. Mm. Even my son Gabe, there's a young girl from Kearney who is extremely talented. Um, He got beat at the region tournament and got kicked back into the wrestlebacks against her. Uh, She can be very dangerous, beats a lot of really good kids. She's competing against the the males? Because they don't, I mean, until they actually have it sanctioned. So a year from now, they'll have a a division um, that she can compete in. Um, But she is very talented. And she... She went to the the, the girls' state or the women's state tournament, um, pinned everybody in right. about 15, 20 seconds. Oh, and yeah. So she, she'll do well. Hopefully she's maybe one of our first recruits out there. I'd love to steal someone yeah, from Yeah, I was going to say, that'd be a national championship. I, I wonder, like, that's I love that. I love hearing there's, there's you know, because I've always wanted to see a sport where we could see women and men compete. Yep. Just truly see you know, that equality, like, lived out. And so for me, I guess wrestling, I wouldn't have thought about that. Women's hockey, too. I watch some of them sometimes, and they're... Oh, that's oh, intense, they're man. They're real, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, not not everything's always apples to oranges. Sometimes it's straight up apples to apples. I would love to watch right. that. Right. You know, yeah. and that's... Some people, I mean, 
over the last decade that that notion of uh, competition has really evolved significantly. Right. You were a few years ago, people would, would just forfeit matches if you had to wrestle a girl at a uh, at a out youth wrestling tournament. Or just no, just that they don't think it's appropriate that uh, got you. Uh, males yeah, boy, and females yeah. are are, mm-hmm. are doing that. Um, we went to Denver a lot, the Rocky Mountain National Series, uh, with my twins, and they wrestled girls all the time. Yeah. Um, Gabe, actually, there was a set of twins out of Colorado, this Kobe Johnson, and he had a sister named Morgan Johnson. Um, and Morgan is tough. She is, she, she is extremely tough. And uh, beats Gabe um, in the semifinals at uh, one of the early tournaments. And she had long blonde hair, so she had it in a oh, up yeah, in the yeah. hair. So at the end, she whips that thing off, got the long flowing blonde hair. And I'm like, you know, just keep the headgear off yeah. until, until the match is over. But uh, she's a very like, good competitor. And, and there's just a lot of them that are extremely talented. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be fun to see. Yeah, guys, I gotta tell you, and I not you know me, I I love talking wrestling, I love that sport, but we gotta build this up. I mean, these people, we just basically kind of got to know them without getting to know them, but we just saw an evolution of them strapping on their harnesses, doing, and then taking pictures in front of the plane. They got in there, and that girl is just shaking like a she leaf. Is. Could you imagine, like, what's what's going through their mind right now? Like, they're gonna climb up to I mean, ten thousand five hundred feet. If you would have looked at me the hours before oh. Hazel was born, I probably would have had the same. <laughs> that is, there's some things that are like that. Legit. I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and they're doing something they've never done, and you know, it's a it's such a different dynamic because you look at the, the gentleman back here who's probably right. jumps 35 times a day, and like you said, Craig, it's just his job. Yeah. But every single time he does his job, he's doing it with someone that has never right. experienced anything like this in their lives. Yeah. Well, there's wow. a lot. There's probably a lot of just like they take osmosis through osmosis. Just that feeling of what that person's feeling, and probably right. get the excitement back again. Well, I'd right. Like to, like, like to know if the waiver basically says so when you're in the plane, you're it's yeah. you're not you're we're going. not coming down with you again. <laughs> <laughs> like I, how many times they get up to ten thousand yeah. feet and people just say, oh, "I'm not doing it." That's no, an we're interesting doing question, it. Yeah. man. Yeah. We got to get Sean out here. I want yeah, we'll to talk. We'll have to ask him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, what was it like? Well, they had the chicken line at uh, at, at some. Um, like amusement parks for like roller roller coasters. Oh yeah, where you can bow yeah. out. Right. Speaking of chicken line, Uh-oh. we entered Craig in a cluck off contest at the Wayne Chicken Show. Yeah, you cluck off too. No, it's, <laughs> she she said one of you can get in. I was oh, like, Craig God. is, and actually, um, nobody, that's in Wayne, Nebraska as well. Yeah, but and not a lot of people know this, but Craig is the main mother clucker. <laughs> well done, sir. Good segue. We'll talk about Wayne. I just so shattering. That's a big part of news too. Is just adding the uh, women's wrestling, but also some other news as well. Is my alma mater? Uh, well, one of them, I guess. I where I went to school, Prue State. You guys just named a new president. We did. Congratulations yeah. on finding that. That he came from Southern New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yep. I saw it. Yep. Had been. Um, was he also in the same role as a president? Or? He was not. He was the vice president for academic affairs. Oh, there. that's right. Okay. So um, and we had a, about seventy-four. Is candidates. it a national search automatically when you're doing these Absolutely. things? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You you want to try to make sure that you um, kind of look everywhere across the country because mm-hmm. you you're going to find talented people um, in a lot of different places. And and a lot of uh, candidates who submitted the materials um, had had connections to Nebraska have gone away and then have mm-hmm. a desire to come back. Um, Michael uh, Evans is who we hired yep. and um, he's been at Southern New Hampshire for the last uh, five or six years so 
if people know a little bit about Southern New Hampshire, it was a private institution um, that was relatively small, 2,000, 3,000 students uh, a few decades ago. And it's grown where the main campus has about 3,400 students. And that was oh, wow. he was responsible for managing oh, the academics that on that. But their online footprint is what most people are familiar with now. You see their mm -hmm. advertisements. Um, and I think they have about 120,000 students that they serve uh, so does, every year. Did, was that one of your goals, was to find someone who had that experience? Because you want to grow that no, side of it? Or? I think, you know, a lot of people know that Peru does um, uh, quite a bit of online uh, yeah. education yeah, as right. well. Mm -hmm. yep. And so I think it was the fact that having some of that type of experience um, and wanting to continue to make sure that we um, have good opportunities in that marketplace that it was at least worth a conversation with yeah. him. Um, and he, before that though, had been at actually in a much smaller school than Peru. Uh, Unity College in Maine uh -huh. is about 600 students, oh, wow. um, only has a, like <laughs> 11 different small. programs. Uh -huh. And he grew up in rural Indiana and went to the University of, of Indiana and then eventually ended up teaching there. He has a degree actually in, in uh, folklore. I saw that. Yeah. So yeah. he oh, wow. is he is amazing. Is his PhD is in PhD folklore? in folklore. What and is that's that? what he taught. It, like it, hieroglyphics and religion. No, it's, and it's actually <laughs> folklore is just old stories that got made up Colin's through time. Universe. It's Colin <laughs> University. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> um, I'm gonna, he's, an, he's an amazing guy to talk to. Um, at some point, we'll have to try to get him on a, yeah, a podcast as well. But what is um, it? So do, do, give me the, the it's the study of community. Essentially, is what it is. It's how. How communities have kind of evolved their stories, um, passing stories down, passing stories down, and how that shapes who, who it is that they are. It's like cultural oh. norms, watching yes. those things, and where do those generation. come from? How do they evolve? That's fascinating. Yeah, so I mean, that's a perfect fit for the, an institution like Peru, but also for um, you know just generally the state of Nebraska and what we're tr continuing trying to try to do with our rural communities. His wife, um, Joanna, is also in education. And she has a, a very unique kind of connection to the state already in that uh, there's a the National Quilting Museum oh, yeah, in Lincoln. Is, is here in Lincoln. <laughs> right. They do a, a journal, uh, one uh, issue each year, and she has been the editor for that journal for a number of years. So, um, but she'd never had the opportunity to come. And My grandma visit loves the, that place. Uh, so she's got <laughs> she all that. And it was fun about three weeks ago, they flew back here. Um, and we spent about three days uh, kind of g going to meetings, meeting with folks in Nebraska City, up in Omaha, in Peru. Um, and, you know, her ability to, to engage with uh, people in the state who are very vested in that uh, culture right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a very good husband and wife dude, team. Dude, hold on. We, right yeah. behind us, this dude's wearing a Lumpy's Casino shirt. You been to Lumpy's? Yeah. Oh, get out of here. What's that? Why is the world so... Bro, He's one from... of my best friends is Lumpy. Really? 100%. <laughs> Look at my group chat with him all the time. <laughs> How? Why is the world do you, so small? Do you know him? No, I don't. We've got a vacation rental out there that we own. Oh, my Colin gosh. is from there. Yeah, I grew up in Deadwood. Nice. Graduated with yeah. Justin Lumpy. Okay, yeah, and, we're uh, you right in lead. <clears throat> I'll be damned. That is the funniest damn thing I saw. Yeah. Paul never well, ceases to amaze that. you. We need to take a picture and send it to him for his, like, for wall the, or Put on the wall out there. <laughs> Are you guys getting ready to go up? Yeah. What, is, right your, now, oh, is it your first time skydiving? Yes. For both? Oh, wow. No, you are? He just texted me this because some friends of ours are back in town. So he, Love it. Justin, yeah. That's the craziest thing. Justin Matson, you're a legend. <laughs> what What are your feelings real quick on skydiving today? Just give us your... 
pumped. I'm ready. Pumped, ready. You more nervous than anything, or are you just more I excited? Think she is. I'm excited. I would be nervous. Uh huh. Nervous? No. Neutral. Neutral's neutral. a good way to be. We've I don't been think watching. it's really gonna hit until you guys step foot in the plane. Are you going to? No, I don't think it's really gonna hit until you actually climb in that plane and realize there's no turning back. Like look there's up, one way down. Look up, look make up it the Burt sound Kreischer back. video with Rachel Ray and skydiving. Uh -huh. Oh, it's funny. That is okay. It, you won't. Right? Yeah. We'll be we'll be watching. And, 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 <laughs> hold on. Here. Look how small world it is, Chancellor Tournament. Isn't yes, it amazing? Is. We noticed that I was, okay, where was I? I was, oh, it was at the Mayday thing. And I was just kind of like this, you know, putting on chatting, not putting right on podcasts in the middle of the public. But, Yo. And uh, someone goes, and someone mentioned the word Beatrice. I was like, oh, I'm from Beatrice. And like, oh, I know so and so. And they knew my dad. I mean, literally, just, we were, I was listening to it. It's the nice thing about the upper Midwest. It's an extremely small world. There's a lot of easy connections to a lot of folks. With your, uh, the president you just mentioned, she, you know, has connections to the, you know, I guess that wouldn't make, that is wild that she edited a magazine while she was at Southern New Hampshire. Yeah. But Fort Lincoln. So, yeah. I was going to ask you, though. What did you, so like any job interview, I know this is much different, but uh, you know, they ask you the question, oh, what are you going to do if this happens? What are you going to do that happens? Did you ever have the question, what are you going to do if there's another pandemic? Like, did you have to walk through the scenarios of, hey, tell us how you'll deal with that craziness? You know, you know we, we didn't uh, have specific questions related to it. The nice thing is, you, you know, almost everyone that we were interviewing, um, were in leadership positions as this had unfolded yeah and so you knew that they you know had kind of been on the front lines and, yeah. and dealt with these types of things so um we were pretty comfortable that essentially the four that we did bring in for interview all had kind of gone through gone it. through it yeah and you know we did something a little bit different because of the pandemic um and that normally you do like you narrow it down to about eight uh -huh. semi-finalists you bring in him to an airport interview and interact with them uh -huh. but you really couldn't do that right and so the search consultants that we used um formulated uh, kind of a two-step process doing about a 45 minute conversation with about 13 uh -huh. and then we narrowed that down and did a deeper dive uh for another round of interviews for seven and then brought four onto canvas wow. so I mean, real quick though, Unpack, have you guys done uh, kind of a look back and what have you learned or are you still kind of dealing with, like, are you, will classes return to normal come this fall? And and is there a new normal? Like, are you guys making, did you learn things and otherwise that you're now implementing because you saw that there's benefits or potential opportunities? I think we've learned quite a bit. Um, we anticipate that fall 2021 will look a lot like fall 2019 did. Yeah. Um, you know, they've scaled back and students and, and faculty and staff are, you know, are doing the right type of the things, getting vaccinated. Um, and that's going to allow us to do um, a lot of the normal types of things. You know, homecoming went away. A lot of our student oh, activities right. had to be evolved and we'll retain some of those. But I would say one of the things that we had to do um, that was a little bit different, which is somewhat odd for some folks to think about. But, you know, we oftentimes didn't take attendance with in our classes. Oh, right. but. Yeah. When you have students who are gone, um, and you need to kind of better understand and track that, so we've asked our faculty to, you know, keep attendance and, yeah. and better assess um, who's in and out of the class. And we also had this kind of high flex environment where a student might have not necessarily had 
COVID, but they were quarantined because uh -huh. of contract oh, right. tracing. Mm -hmm. And so we needed to continue to find a, a way for them to be able to stay caught up with right. their class. So at any given week, you had you know two or three students who were in quarantine and delivering that simultaneously to them while you were doing it to the students in the classroom. And so our ability, this kind of high flex environment of delivering um, education I think it's something that we're going to continue to find ways to, to evolve. We also did what that. What was the benefit there? What did you see as a benefit for the? Was it a benefit for the students? Was it easier to teach? It seems like that'd be harder for the professors. It was, it was hard. Um, yeah. It's not. You know, that's. It's essentially in some ways you're kind of teaching two classes yeah, compared right. to the one. Right. Um, but think about that in a normal semester. Um, uh, a family member passes away, and you have to be gone for a week and a half. Right. Um, or something comes up, or you, you were a, a college athlete yeah, mm -hmm. on baseball, you know how much <laughs> playing up in northern yeah. oh, uh, United States, uh -huh. I mean, half of your spring season is yep. down south. Yep. And so, I mean, I, I would say it was baseball players when I was a faculty member at the University of Northern Iowa that missed so much. Oh, yeah. Right. And the ability to be able to, be you know, flex. allow them. You're on the road and you're right. you're still engaged in your sense. classes. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll, we're looking to try to find a way to kind of maintain some of that. Mm -hmm. But we also, I mean, the state colleges are kind of residential campuses. Uh, we attract students, first-generation yeah, uh, Pell-eligible students who need that kind of one-on-one -on -one contact with, that they get with our faculty and staff. Yeah. Um, and we badly want to be back to that as, as much as possible. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it is interesting because I was listening to a podcast of a professor, Dr. F. Scott Barry Kaufman was his name, and he was talking. How talk the hell did you remember that? I don't know. Gosh, I, I saw him. I like that a, guy. A guy that I've known forever down Shout here, out Dr. Dave, Kaufman. and I couldn't <laughs> remember his name. I kept <laughs> looking at him like, hey, man. Well, at least I, you're the one flying us home. He's so got we're a, feeling safe. Yeah, as long as you remember what's up and down in the plane. But, I mean, he was talking He was talking through as a professor how he like was using, like, what was that, Clubhouse? He was using Clubhouse which is this app where it's basically like mini have you ever i've never used it i've had people invite me to it but i've never mm. done it yeah i've never but he used it as a professor mm. yeah so he was creating different mediums that he can interact and engage yeah. with his student body now he taught at uh, i think at cornell or something so it's you know and that's a very diverse population not like you said not residential base right like, yeah there's a lot of people from all over the world so in a case of a pandemic some people were literally learning from their homes because they couldn't <laughs> come here because the border is mm -hmm. you know so it was, it was neat to hear. So that's what was fascinating to hear. It was what it, were there any other takeaways that you guys had beyond, you know, like, for instance, just are 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 you going to keep that flex online environment? I mean, you guys had to do a lot of online stuff in general. I imagine from literally meeting to new course, you know, methodology. I or? would I would say that what we'll see is a little bit more expansion. At times, um, faculty have not wanted to shift their entire programs to be delivered oh. online. Mm -hmm. That um, makes sense. I think they've, they've recognized that you can still accomplish the same types of learning uh -huh. um, in more kind of that hybrid. So I think we will probably see some additional expansion for mm -hmm. programs that are virtually only face-to-face -face right now. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll continue to evolve and change and even probably beginning to think about the delivery of new programs that we might want to offer that fit within our wheelhouse um, that we can do and have a much bigger market because we um, deliver them right. uh, online. But again, yeah. um, you know, I think the vast majority of our students will, you know, it's why we invest in the infrastructure that we have on our campuses. Right. Um, because it, it helps support the students that, that are there. And uh, we've utilized our technology a little bit more, a yeah. lot of different mm -hmm. apps. Uh, Pharos 360 <laughs> is one that we have for oh, wow. uh, uh, student that. retention. 
and early alerts so you're tracking when students are having issues or yeah, problems. That's great. Um, how do you get the right people to them? Peru did something unique too in that. So you go a year ago and you had to have. What are you pointing at? They were getting ready to drop them out of that plane. I can't see it anywhere. Look at that. It's right up Way here. the hell up there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Those guys are about to jump yeah. out of that Good thing. Lord. So, you had, so let's my say, heart's beating for these guys. Go ahead. Sorry. During the, uh, we kicked every, or had everyone go to remote. Right. Um, we just can't have them on campus anymore. It's right. not safe. So what do you do with, like, an athletic trainer? What <laughs> oh, do you yeah. do, What do you do with a coach who yeah. doesn't have a team there anymore? Yeah, I knew a lot of and colleagues, so they, former. They did something unique and essentially restructured almost uh, every one of those types of individuals' contracts. So their jobs were essentially, they were assigned 30 students, and their job was to be in contact with them oh, wow. uh, one time a week at at least. How are they doing? What are they struggling with? What uh-huh. can we do to help them? And I think that one-on-one contact really did help ensure yeah. that, because our retention numbers were actually 1% higher um, this last year, coming off of that Bad. transition <laughs> um, because of some of those innovative things. And um, they've continued it. So that was, they called it PALS. I forget what the name of the yeah, uh, PALS, uh, personalized something. Now, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. try to remember. Loving. Um, but then they did it. Students. They evolved it a little bit more and, and kept a piece of that uh-huh. in, in the fall. Hold on, And then Craig. now they're on, on PALS 2.0 coming up this, nice. this coming fall. Craig was just trying to figure out the acronym, and he was under his breath, loving students. Yeah, that's probably what it is. <laughs> Personally assisted loving students. How. That's what gets... Professor's fired. It <laughs> gets people in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That love that's, in the that's frowned theory. upon at the state school system is is uh, loving students. Yes, that is. I'm watching it. Channel. It's anyway. I'll, never mind. Another time. I'm being just as distracting as him. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, well, good luck keeping my attention. I know. Well, so we, there's so much going on. I mean, I there's all these crazy Corvettes. There's literally people getting ready to jump out of planes. <laughs> there's planes. There's, there's helicopters taking off. And then there's us. And then there's the lumpy, Lumpy's Casino Bar yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, running into long-lost <laughs> pals. <laughs> students, loving students. Um, well, that is another thing you learned then. I mean, that's that's great. I mean, as a coach, that's one of your things you need too. Yeah. You know, is you want that interaction. And I knew a couple guys who coached basketball, and they were because they literally, like, their end of their season got cut. You know, they're getting ready for postseason. And all of a sudden, like, nope, no season. Yeah. And that was a new one for him, you know, like just to be cut off from everybody. And literally, not only just cleaved, sorry, season over, but I can't see you, you know, literally. So yeah. they were they were talking about it was like withdrawals, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, too, because you were mentioning just the investments in technology and your retention. You also, success, moment of recognition for you. Wayne State, retaining no uptick in, in fees or uh, the, the entire system actually. the entire system yeah. so oh, wow what, I thought it was just you know, one no, year we had, congratulations the recommendation we took to the board was mm-hmm. uh, no tuition and fee increases um, this year for the entire system um, some of that coming from the fact that the legislature was was very good to us this last year yeah um, we saw about a 3.4 percent increase in our overall general fund and that's you know we have talked a little bit about strategic planning we have one of our metrics where we're trying to we're right now at about 67% of the funding that we need to offer uh, courses and, yeah. and uh, our curriculum. 
um, is covered by the state of Nebraska. It's one of the best, actually, in the country. Yeah, it's a lot. And our goal is to, at one point, we had been at 70%, and mm-hmm. our goal over the course of the next five years is to try to get back at that. Yeah. And that comes from not only getting support from the state, but then trying to keep our tuition and fees as low Down. as possible. Mm-hmm. So right. if you get an increase from the state and then you match that with a fee increase, then you know, you've know you done nothing to make it more affordable for students. But the legislature was extremely uh, good to the state colleges this last year. In addition to um, Governor Ricketts had uh, put forward, we've been trying to, um, we're continuing to upgrade our HVAC systems. Oh, right. And um, at Peru, there are three state buildings that have not been converted to geothermal. So, you know, you take those geothermal systems and it's the the impact on utilities. And so the governor uh, included in his budget about 5.4 million in uh, geothermal upgrades in the remaining three buildings that we have. And on a yearly basis, we anticipate that that will have almost a $60,000 uh, impact on just utilities just for those three buildings yeah. so let alone the, the four other ones that we've already done that on uh, Wayne is is working toward that conversion and then we actually have um, we burn wood chips out at uh, Shadron uh, mm. because of the proximity to the park um, there's just the they are able to like, get that a, smell well it smells nice because that would smell good no and it's amazing <laughs> so like they, chips. they actually have you burn the chips year long um, for energy? For energy. I'll be darned. And so in the winter, it makes sense. Yeah, that's what runs yeah. your steam system. Like chips or pellets? No, it's chips. It's actual One wood big chips. Traeger system? So you're grabbing, you're grabbing fallen trees uh, out of the park. Um, they chip the chop them up. Right. And so like keep them. the lights on, that sort of? Um, it's mainly like for that? heating mm-hmm. and cooling. Okay, I'll be damned. Um, oh, but they, they're actually in the summer, so they're, they're burning the chips, and they, they have a, a chiller system that it converts that steam the cold <laughs> the the technology is crazy they tried to explain it to me and they showed me the device or the big Wild. but um oh, yeah man. it's it's extremely energy efficient that, out texas, there texas and ERCOT needs to take <laughs> yeah. some yeah. lessons exactly. from shattering what the hell here's sean the guy we'll ask him what's a up, question guys? what's up brother paul sean Hey, Paul, Sean. They call me Knoxville. Hey, grab, grab, grab a mic for a second. We got to ask you just a couple questions. Sure. Uh, you want me to sit here? We're, we're, we're not kicking you out, Paul, but we got to stay in here. Get right in there. Get in there. Uh, so tell me. Uh, good morning. Yeah. Good Look morning. Look at all these brother. Corvettes taking over like pirates in here. <laughs> Dude, they did. They came in in droves. Hey, so tell me. Uh, uh, Atlas skydiving. Skydive yes. Atlas, right? Skydiveatlas.com. Or you can go to our Instagram page is hashtag Lincoln Skydiving or at Lincoln Skydiving. You know, I try to stay up on all this social media stuff. Uh huh. But if you go to skydiveatlas.com, you can sign up. We're open seven days a week. Uh, we offer tandem skydiving for first-time jumpers. We also train people. Uh-huh. We don't do the static line. You know, that's low, round parachutes. We actually train people from 14,000 feet how to wow. fly their body, be stable, deploy the parachute, and land. Uh, That's so cool. We also specialize in quadriplegic, paraplegic people that want to jump. So we've got all the equipment and the skill set. We like to pride ourselves not being weekend warriors. This is what we do seven days a week. So we're very skilled and professional. Yeah, I've noticed your your plane is going up. Like, how many times a day do you go up? What do we do, 48 last Saturday? We'll probably do another 40, 40 to 50 a day from sunrise to sunset. Now, I've got a little Cessna 182. The stock engine is a 470, gives you about 230 horse, but I upgraded to this 520 
P-Pong conversion, over 300 horse, it's climbing like 1,200 feet a minute. So uh, instead of 35 minutes up to 12,000, uh, it's like 11 up. minutes. It's like a ballistic <laughs> missile. <laughs> right, that thing is, and Jordan just flies the crap out oh, of Oh, he loves thing, it. Man, he's awesome. He's geeked out. <laughs> uh, so tell me, every day you get to get see people experience something brand new. Like, yeah. Is that what keeps your guys' blood That's going? That's what we love. Yeah, you know, I've got 26 years of jumping, over 12,000 jumps, and people are like, is it new to you? Is it still fun? I was like, jumping with other people, first timers, nervous, excited, or macho, but after they jump, they're super stoked, you right. know? Some people are like one and done, but most of the time people are ready to do it again. That's know? so cool. We got to experience it, Craig. We got to get yeah. Craig up there. And I Listen, I just like watching all your people. I mean, the yeah, your, the, oh, the, your team. You know? Yeah, the, the level of professionalism. Oh, man. Thank you. you. Yeah, yeah, man. These guys yeah. are awesome. I'm so proud of it. It's like a family, you know, a staff. Yeah. And from all over the world, we got Italy, Colombia. Um, we, we've got people from Russia that worked with us wow. before, you know, just want to jump. Well, I've been I've been watching them tie shoots, hang back. Everything yeah. they do is so calculated and uh -huh. deliberate. Like, you know, it doesn't. They take matter. pride in what they do. Absolutely, yeah. man. It stands it. out, brother. So nice job to Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. And if you got to run, I get it. We just want to. Hey, thanks for including yeah. me in this. Thanks uh, for what's this over podcast here. we're talking on? Old Green Plane. Old Green yeah. Plane. I saw you flying the other doing doing some slip stuff. Was yeah. that you? Yeah, we were practicing. I was like, what's going on over there? <laughs> I got my heart going. <laughs> practicing for storm. Getting drag. your heart go yeah. your heart going. Oh yeah, I was like, <laughs> what's he cut see? it and he was like slipping it and then he'd recover or land and then flip around and come back again. We enjoyed that. Thanks yes. for the show. Yeah, you're welcome. So I'm practicing. We're actually racing that area airplane at the Reno Air Races. Oh, I got and to see it's, the video. And it's, it's 2,000 feet of uh, just fun flying. I want the YouTube link or whatever. Yeah, the live link. Sure, Count for me sure. in. Yeah, Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thanks, Sean. Nice to meet you. Skydive Atlas. You guys got to check it out. Yeah, we got to get Chancellor Chairman. Now we're watching the, the team get back. Wow, it's slow. Yeah, he's heard much better smile this time. <laughs> Not much of a smile before. Big smile now. <laughs> That's how I feel every single time. There's, there's Craig before he flies, and then there's Craig after he doesn't have to fly anymore. You it's always, just two different people. You always do have a whole demeanor after we land. Oh. It's like this whole <laughs> oh. like build up. Oh, I was thinking about it a lot just in the last days leading up to this. I think about when we're getting ready to fly like we did to fly in today. I think about that five days in advance. Oh. When it's marked on a calendar, my nerves start. It's just a build up. You know, it was like that I was like when I was pitching in college. Because I had five, you know, one day it start. It would yep. ruin me for five days, and the day after, I'm like, I love this. I want to do it again. But well, no, I was well, we cussing it out before them. We haven't really gotten into our swing of things yet for the filming season and podcast season. And I have to tell you, like last night, I was kind of nervous because I was like, Ah, oh, here we go. And it's not really nervous. It's more of just my body getting ready for it. I was flipping excited. I couldn't sleep, and it's like, God, I hope I don't sleep past the alarm. And Oh yeah, yeah. I was up at five thirty this morning yeah, thinking about it. You know, well, we gotta get ready for Chancellor tournament. It's a big, it's a big expectation to make sure we show. And I, we, I they we're probably getting close. But one of the things I did want to talk about too, before we and, and anything else, you too or Colin, I don't know. There's so much going on and pick from this topics we have. Good lord. But um, you know the 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 change that the internet provides you, like when information is so widely available. How do you, how do you, how do you, I mean, where do you see, you know, if, if literally everything 
I could learn could be found on Wikipedia. Now, granted, any college professor would laugh at you yeah. if you tried to reference Wikipedia. Now, maybe that's changed, but I remember when it first came out, my one of my college like lit professors was like, if I see you reference the internet, so help me God. <laughs> Websites do not work. I know there's APA style guidelines for that, but that does not work in my room, you know. I mean, do you see it now? I mean, now it's kind of embracing the technology and leveraging what the internet provides. But just as it relates to information, because that's what a school yeah. trades in, right, is info. Yeah. How do you how do you make that valuable? How do you make it the experience of going to college still valuable? Yeah, I think the the one thing that people talk about the the need for a library anymore. Yeah, um, is that even necessary? And I talked to a librarian uh, the other day about that. And they <laughs> random things. And mind, it's sorry. it's kind of a misunderstanding of what it is that libraries do and and what yeah. librarians do, and so helping people find the right types of information. But I think you know. You know, people probably made the argument when books became readily available. Right. You know, why do we need a, a faculty member or a, a mentor to help us that, do anything um, um, related why to a career? Why do we need these stones and chisels? Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say that we got the wall that's got all our thoughts up on it. Why do we need it on a book that will burn? <laughs> these new fandangled paperback yeah. things will never make it. But that is the same mindset you're talking about. It is about. the mindset, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. So you take a, a family um, whose uh, children were kind of forced to do remote last year, yeah. say a, a second grader, fourth grader, uh, 12th grader in, in, in high school. And I think you, you come to really recognize what, what it is that a teacher does on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis. They the engage, it's the general, engagement right? um, that they bring with the information right. um, is, is what the value of post-secondary, uh, any educational system that right. you have. Right. Um, the, the ability to think about pedagogy and how is the right way to engage a student um, with that information so that they're not only going to retain it, but they see value in right. it as well. The experience of it. The experience of it. And doing that with other classmates, too. Exactly. So you it's learn as much. Mm-hmm. It's the discussion around a, a, a critical theory um, that people um, think about uh, the world in a very different way, and they, they, they view the world differently as a result of having been in the class and talking it with yeah. uh, other colleagues. So I, I think that that is not going to change. Yeah. The nature in which the information becomes, I mean, I think people thought that once TV came in, all we have to do is videotape right. uh, a professor from Harvard, and everyone can have it. Was, that's still, it's not the same thing, because right. you haven't figured out and there's really not much of an opportunity to find a way for someone in mass to do the level of engagement that you get from um, working and engaging with a faculty member with a smaller group right. of, of students. So well, just well, the, that's exactly right. I remember uh, when I was recruiting, when I was recruiting at a non-Nebraska State College System school, but it was still similar size, Doan University. Yep. And uh, you know, we'd, I'd say review a class because you can walk in. You can walk in and experience it. You know, get your hands on what the actual classroom environment is. More relative to like the question of what do we want to do. Yeah. Until you actually put your hands on it, that actual physical experience in class. It's, you know, it's. Granted, it's one of those things nowadays that we all have to do, right? You got to yeah. go to college to get the thing to get the thing. But even that's changing, right? So now I, that's why I'm interested on the experience, and you you said it really well, like. You know, the actual experience, what the professor, what the teachers do day to day, the interaction amongst students, you know, that's that's really the value of any experience nowadays. I, yeah. I think the I think the pandemic, that was its greatest gift, was it forced us to slow down and, and take a look and sift out what's really important, you yeah. know, in so many of our institutions. Yeah. <clears throat> 
You think that was the greatest thing about the pandemic, or one I, of them? I, th- I mean, it's not a very positive thing. So if you don't find a sliver of, of yeah. morsel of happiness there, I mean, dude, what about pointless one. coffee meetings that went away? That was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> that like, was amazing. Gosh. Although I hate all the zooms. I'll be very, being able because the last time we did this was on Zoom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zoom. Zoom's so, a mother grabber, but it's it's a necessary evil, of course. One hundred percent. There was always but, video before, yeah. but like now it'd be not it'd have to be automatic. Being yeah. able to see you here. Chancellor Terman. And I think everybody, I mean, almost all of our pro- professional development opportunities, you know, going to a conference, um, getting to interact and engage with colleagues, all that went away. Right. Um, and I think we're all desperately ready to get back to that because yeah. signing up for a three day Zoom um, conference, I mean, you just, you find other opportunities to do your work and, and not really engage. And so that's what comes from being able to get back together. And yeah. so that, you know, we're going to see a lot more work at home types of um, engagements, but uh, at the same time, you know, either the courses we offered were delivered online and we've found a way to uh, be able to offer them that way. The ones that were face-to-face, we're right back to yeah. trying to make sure that we're doing that for our students. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, what Leonard Tui, who's a designer from the 60s, said it's, you know, what you can... It's most advanced yet acceptable. So what you can get people to do is not the most like so far fetched thing. It's just what they're slightly, you know, kind of new to them, but yet willing to accept. And that's you're adopting those things that people are now comfortable with. No, that's fascinating. Great conversation. Great conversation. We've uh, we got it. We almost got a full hour in. Yeah. I mean, between Corvettes, people scared to death, getting ready to jump out of planes, jumping out of planes, the people who run them, the people who fly them. Talking to Chancellor Terman. Um, what a what great morning! Airplanes, conversation. I love our I love our time together because I always walk away just a tad bit smarter, which is not very hard for me. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, more than love tad. our time. Yeah. What, is there anything else you want to talk about? Or anything else you guys have going on, <clears throat> Chancellor Terman? Before we. Well, I'd, maybe I'll talk. Just I mean, we haven't mentioned much about kind of what we're here today for. Why we're in Crete? Yeah. Um, you know, you do these fly-ins, oh, which yeah. I until we a year ago. Colin flew Look at me you to bring it back to the aviation. Well, I mean, it, it, it's exciting, it, and it's it, it's why I love the state colleges. I love rural Nebraska, um, and just getting the opportunity to see you know you take a small town like Crete. Um, what is it about once a month? They have this fly-in where pilots are encouraged to fly in, um, get conversation. They serve breakfast, and yeah, um, you get to. You know, today they have Corvettes out here. When we were in York, it was probably about 50 different planes. And mm-hmm. just see kind of the mix of everything um, is just really, it's its a great opportunity um, for the local airport to, you know, make a little bit of money, but also give back and get pilots the opportunity to visit and engage with each yeah. other too. Right. It's, its you know, the aviation community and culture in Nebraska and the Midwest has just been, I think, growing like crazy. I love, I love these, you know, so we do these fly-in breakfasts. On uh, the first Saturdays and third Saturdays of every month at different different uh, airports around, and then like tomorrow is the state flying. I mean that's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's bombers from all over the country coming in, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just everything to promote general aviation, and then getting people together. Now we have Corvette people say. mingling with with pilots, and we have skydivers mingling with Corvette people, and I didn't know anybody could mingle with Corvette people, but you can. Here we are. are. (laughs) Proof that we can all get along. Well, I mean, but that is, you see people you know, Colin, you're talking to everybody, you know, that that too. It's it's, uh, your your new president uh, at Prue State, his, uh, what's, God, I want it's community. Yeah, Folklore. 
F- this folklore. folklore. Yep. This is folklore and living like color, you yeah. know. And yeah, no, you're right. I, I that's also the thing I've loved about aviation is is the community part. Maybe because we're on the ground, but uh, <laughs> the flying part is secondary. But yeah, I've learned so much from just the the, the community at large. So yeah. it's cool that you see that too. Well, we were standing in line there. You've got the guy making the pancakes back there, yeah. uh-huh. um, who. When he was talking to the people right in front of us, they had the same plane, same engine. Um, and you could tell that when he was done making paint, he wanted to go see, oh, it. see they, it. Yeah, he wanted, they wanted to talk more about <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like that car culture that you see, you know, yeah. engines and understanding them is something you, unique and distinct. And when you run into somebody um, that knows that same language that you do, um, it it makes the world seem smaller. It's like you meet somebody that's yeah. got a lumpy shirt yeah. on, and <laughs> right. it's like, oh, so we've got an yeah. automatic connection. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the values of um, flying and and you know being a mechanic, being a host of uh, other kind of yeah. doing things with your hands um, is what people really <laughs> embrace, and, and they want to find others that have that have same passion. Seen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Well done. Nice, this guy. You should have your own podcast. (laughs) Podcasting with Paul. This, I think his (laughs) would be a lot more fun than ours. Ours, (laughs) Paul, Doctor Terman would make it just like a blast. Be smart. (laughs) It'd be like legitimately like actual people would learn stuff instead of whatever it is we provide. But nevertheless, we do provide them something. Yeah. They keep tuning in, so they're they're getting something. I don't know what we're tricking them. (laughs) I mean, you're right. Colin mentioned before too. This is our first one really of the year. We haven't yeah. done podcasts in so long, so I'm just glad that, and the fact that we can do this in person again kind of kicks off, I think, for us, you know, at least it reinvigorates me mm-hmm. to go and do it. So thank you for, again, taking the time out of your day, spend the morning here. I mean, thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate always. the opportunity. Yeah. Always appreciate the conversation. I do too. Awesome. And, and talking about state colleges. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> that, that, that's and the biggie, brother. Right? Send your kids? Yes. To all the three schools. Well, not all of them. They can't go to all of them. They can go to one of them. But if you got three children, send them to one each. One at one piece. Yep. Well, it, and, and for sure next year for graduation when I get my honorary doctorate. Yes. Yep. Uh, can we get those lined up? You can just like. No, I've been talking to him about it forever. And so put it on we're LinkedIn. Gonna, yeah. You're just cool with us putting on LinkedIn. <laughs> Oh, that's all that matters. I'd have to get board approval for something like okay. that. So yeah, which might... is fine. Hey, board, could you approve my <laughs> doctorate? One more, just one more podcast. Can we have one? All right. <laughs> what would you like a doctorate in? I want to be Dr. Cool. I want to be Dr. Cool. You already got that. All right. Thank you again, Chancellor. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.